The Hayes vision Maguire is free. Like, we have this aerial view of everything that's happening. I know, so but it's Hayes not like... Yeah, but it's not, like he, he knows he's free. not passing the ball to Rio Ferdinand, I, right? I, I he knows he's in front of into this. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Give it up. They are two Champions League winners with Manchester United. Wes Brown and John O'Shea! Grab a seat, grab a seat. Grab a seat. I sit here. I sit next to him. Oh, he's squeezing in. Well, 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 John O'Shea. Evening, gents. Evening. Nice, nice, nice to, to be here. Yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> he was late, by the way. We won't, we won't say anything. Very late. Blame the king. Blame the king. The coronation has, uh, has upset my schedule. Wow. Sorry, the club schedule. The club schedule. This is like the Manchester United team bus. What will be the appropriate punishment, Wes, for uh, oh. John showing up an hour late? Uh, we let him off because he was, he was captain at Sunderland, so he would have got away with it then. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have got fined at United, so he would have been all right. Not the, uh, the, a quick story. Uh, the bus, well, it was me, one of my first early lessons. Uh, Roy made, made the bus go. The bus go without me, so... Uh, and I was probably... 10 seconds late so uh, no it was an early lesson learned I, I just moved into a house and uh, I thought uh, half an hour should be good but Friday evening traffic uh, decided it wasn't so lesson learned but uh, it wasn't the most pleasant of uh, receptions I got at the team hotel later on and would you not have turned around to Roy and said well I've heard stories of USA 94 <laughs> where you were late for the bus so, you know, let's not be a hypocrite here, Roy. I, I could have said a few more stories <laughs> as well, yeah, yeah. that one, but... No, oh, no, best to leave it. Exactly, I knew, I knew me place at that time. You two spent a lot of your career together. Pretty much all of it. Yeah. Well, a lot. Um, I tried to shake you off for a bit, didn't I? But, he did. Uh, yeah. he, he actually, I remember <laughs> when we signed for, for Sunderland, and um, so I'm speaking to Shazy, I'm like, Shazy. We go in Sunderland. Uh, it's so weird because this is how it happens. Sunderland want you. There's a few of the clubs that want you as well. And he's gone, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good deal. It's, you know, well, let's do that. So anyway, I've gone the next day. I won't swear, but where the fuck is he? Like, he's not here. So I go and see Steve Bruce. Anyway, he's talking away, and I'm, all I can think is, where's Shazer? Shazer's not here. Um, so anyway, sign me a deal. And I get on the phone, like, where are you? He goes, uh, yeah, Wes, this, uh, there might be a different opportunity for me. And I was sitting there going, oh my God, Shazy. Um, but luckily the next day he was in any signs, so we'll let him off, we'll let yeah, him off. Took, it was a bit, there was a, a valid excuse as well. It was the birth, the birth of my first child, uh, my, thankfully not from myself, but my wife was giving birth to me, to the first child. Um, but Steve Bruce wasn't believing me either. Steve Bruce was like, John, what's going on? Who, who else are you talking to? And I'm like, no, no, look, I'm on the way up, don't worry. Yeah. Um, and you two would have been, would you have seen yourself in competition sometimes for the same full yeah. back spot? So still good buddies during those periods as well? Yeah, luckily Shady could play on the left as well, so <laughs> it sort of worked out for me. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think we, when you come for the youth team, you're just happy to get on the pitch, if that makes sense. And yeah. When you get to a certain age and 
you know, you won't be playing every week, week in, week out. But you have to be playing well. That's the sort of standard it was. And, you know, there'd be times when I wasn't playing well, John would come in. But listen, John could play midfield. You go left wing, you go in net. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Really, yeah. Really. If you want him to make Figo, he'll make Figo. So, <laughs> you know, he'd be, he could pretty much play anywhere. And that's the truth. At the, look, the way I just mentioned it there, the big thing was um, it was basically t- a squad of 20, 22 internationals at different stages. So you knew the manager had the beauty of knowing, right, if this fella's not up to scratch, I have this fella chomping at the bit to get in and if he performs, he stays in the team and he kind of almost used that, that carrot of if you performed and stayed stay performing, you kind of stayed in, literally. And I think th- almost towards the end of the season, he almost not picked the team on, he was picking the team on form, obviously, but if he'd been fit for most of the season, he almost got the nod as well, if you know what I mean, too. Right, so yeah. there, was, there was a bit of loyalty in that sense as well. Okay. To maybe pick our way through your careers, this is a real sign of the times question, but Wes, when you broke into the first team, mm. you were still getting the bus to training. Correct, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, um, I started probably training with the first team at 17, that was, that was uh, 97, 98. Um, get the bus to training, bus to the games, hold my boots. But that was, it was normal then. I know people look, might go, that just wouldn't happen now, because it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be safe. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we used to do. And I remember you always used to get off, the, the bus wouldn't take you all the way to the cliff, and I used to get off and just hold. The, M, the M10. Yeah, the M10, that's the, the one from Piccadilly. And just hope one of the lads in the cars have picked me up and hey, a few of them drove past a few times as well. <laughs> it was normally like Nicky Butt Nicky Butt or Andy Cole because it was about the same time the bus come they always come at the, in it, at the same time but yeah pretty much um, the bus every day until I didn't anymore so. yeah and did anyone say to you you need to stop getting the bus yeah I mean the gaffer got me in one day <laughs> oh. this is true story again and unfortunately I had a fight on the bus for obvious reasons um, but the gaffer, for some reason, didn't know I got the biff, the bus, <laughs> for whatever reason. And he said, what the, F, what the hell are you doing getting the bus? Like, what's going on? Stop getting the bus when you're going out. I said, I was like, I wasn't out. I was coming to training. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I get the bus. And he goes, what are you getting the bus for? Get a taxi. <laughs> and I said, I would get a taxi, but I can't afford a taxi. And I remember going through how much everything was. Um, and I think at the time I was on about £250 a week and I'd have no money left if I got a taxi. So anyway, I got out of the fight because he was just looking up in the air thinking, Jesus, <laughs> okay, we'll get you a new contract and that's pretty much <laughs> what that happened old tactic. there. That old wow. tactic. Wow. Okay. It's a true story. True story yeah. And was, was John like Ferrari on day one? Yeah, the yeah. The wonder kid. Uh, the younger lad, I still call him a young lad, sorry, and it's about the same age, but the younger lads get let off a little bit more, yeah. You kind of were the wonder kid, weren't you? Because we're the same age, and I remember like, you know, playing under 13, under 14 soccer in Mayo. People had heard about this guy in Waterford who was going on trials to every club <laughs> in England. Literally every Premier League team, Celtic, everyone wanted to sign you. You're playing Kennedy Cup, you're the best player, you're... and then you decide United. Like, you're talking there about 20 internationals. In one way, it's a no-brainer to go to United, but there is a big risk, actually, of throwing yourself in at the deep end. Yeah, look, it was, at one stage, I remember uh, my dad telling me, well, I, I, I think I overheard him and my mum talking, kind of, there were 17 clubs, give or, give or take, tr- and throw in PSV, 
as well. Um, so it, it was it was very strange, but the, the, the maddest thing was United weren't one of the teams initially. They were literally last minute. Um, they saw me play obviously up in the Euros uh, when we won it with Brian and the rest of the uh, Brian and all the under 16 team. And literally there was a quick phone call made to to do a bit of a background check, see if everything was okay with this kid <laughs> from Sir Alex's brother, Martin, Martin Ferguson, and uh, the old Waterford, United, Waterford manager. So um, that, that was kind of the background checked on, and next thing I was on my way over. Um, and uh, I was very close to signing for Celtic. Um, obviously, Liam Miller, Jim Goodwin, there were some really good friends there as well, but it was a, it was a tough phone call to make because Celtic had been, they'd been really good, like um, in terms of how they kind of treated myself and the family, and just went went about things properly, you know, in terms of the process behind it. But uh, no, we went with United. We just had a gut feeling that uh, they they'd look after me well. They, I think they did all right. You it was right. funny. It was funny when he first signed. Um, you know, I think when you're in the team, you. You get, you know, sort of a, a whiff of always signing a good player whatsoever. I thought we signed another Niall Quinn. I was like, geez, he's big, <laughs> he's big, isn't he? Next thing he, stand, he stands next to me, and the, when, when we're playing a game, I'm like, shit, I best step up a level here. <laughs> um, but I shaved you straight away, just fitting straight away. There was no problems. Yeah, um, that's, so. that's the beauty of as well as the, the the tradition, kind of the younger players or the U team, the setup that Wes would have had us, obviously, with the say the Nevs and Nicky Bott and that but f- for me seeing him I remember the first year I joined I think it was the, the treble season and obviously this fella starting to make waves he's obviously made I think it was your home league debut against Wimbledon that was the season before but season before right so that, sort of that just same. shows you uh, he was ahead of himself so no, to have him to see what he was doing and to see the standard he was setting in training to think okay that's the level that's the level I have to get to so it was a uh, that was a challenge. Wes, what was it like being around that 99? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I didn't pay for anything for a while, so it was pretty good. <laughs> but I honestly thought after that, when I look back, I should have took it in a lot more. I mean, that was my first full season. Um, and you just take it for granted. You know, you think it, I honestly thought it'd be like that every single year. <laughs> and that's what you do though, because listen, I was 19, just turned 19. Um, but what a great squad, great bunch of lads, you know, you, you, you can learn a lot from, from them sort of players as you're growing up, you know, you take a lot in and a lot of it's fighting spirit um, there was times when we didn't play well but we'd battle on, you know, and then one, one of the lads with the quality I used to say, you know, the top players would produce something and so we just kept on going throughout and it was a, you know, sort of, a, if I look back now it was spectacular to be fair because there wasn't that many in the squad as there probably is now and you know, people were playing it half injured and just getting on with it, suspensions, and it was a, a great time to, to be at the club. And were they welcoming to young kid on the block and encouraging? Yeah, him? yeah, they were, and it, it was. Listen, it made I think it made it easier for myself, maybe John, when you've got class of '92 there. You know, you've got um, they've all pretty much lived in Manchester um, throughout their lives and. Did you have did you have any initiation? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so initiations. I don't know if you still have 
a new guy comes to work or a new girl comes to work, you have to do initiation. They don't do that anywhere else but football. <laughs> Real that, world, that doesn't happen. It happens in the army, doesn't it? I've been told. Well, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was only six in our year, so I had to do three, which was terrible. I don't even want to say. So one was funny movements. I mean, first of all, you have to explain. I have to sh- sort of give the, it out really, the detail. You're, in a, <laughs> you're at the cliff in a small changing room. You've got the whole first team sitting around. And some of them you've never spoke to, by the way. <laughs> um, and then David May and Giggs, you'll get up and go, right, pretend it's Christmas Day. And you, you're opening your present, you get a skateboard. And pretend, you know, you've got to be excited, <laughs> give your mum and dad a kiss and get on it, do a few flips. And I mean, it gets a little, some of the lads did worse, but that's, luckily I had to do that. I had to sing a song, that was pretty easy. Sing a song, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you best not, you best not. And that was it, so that was my three. Okay. A few of the lads got it a lot worse, by the way. Wasn't, uh, I think it was in that Class 92 documentary, wasn't Skulls put in a tumble dryer? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was turned on for a minute. <laughs> maybe. So you dodged a bullet, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know what Shazer did. I was, for- well, I say fortunate. Um, did you have to chat up somebody? No. No. It, I had to kind of... Well, I won't say abuse a hero of mine, but it was we were out on a team night out for food and a few drinks, and next thing I thought of was after kind of getting away with it a little bit. And uh, Nicky Butt once again, I said, uh, and and Giggsy says you gotta uh, do your couple of your initiations tonight or whatever. You gotta you gotta pick someone in the team and tell them how terrible their outfit is. And it literally destroyed her outfit. What did, then, you, what did you say to Roy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went for I went for body body. To be fair, it, it, there was always one or two of the lads that it look it look out for you. So I was looking around, going, I can't. What the hell am I going to pick here? How can I how can I destroy anyone? So body was like, I oh, look. I'm, I'm used to a bit of grief, so I was able to pick on body. But then Geezy was like, right, you got to tell me who's you got to pick on who's your favourite or one of your idols type of things. I remember. Give him uh, his faults. That was it. You had to say his faults. Yeah, uh, his faults. So I'm like, oh my god. So I'm like, what he can do better in a game, basically. Laurent Blanc. You know. I decide, right. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Laurent. <laughs> I think, like, what an absolute hero. So I go, oh, Laurent. Obviously, what a player. But you know, it's. And to be fair, he was brilliant because he was almost at that time. He knew. His, his, his time at the club was kind of coming towards the end so he was like in the gym nearly every day concentrating on sit-ups he said I'm getting ready for Saint-Tropez for the beach so that kind of gave me a little uh, a little inkling to kind of go for him in that sense so it was a, it was a good target to pick at the time but <laughs> one I was thinking in my head oh my god what am I what am I doing here trying to destroy a World Cup winner <clears throat> but you know the best thing about it like sometimes as you're a kid, when you see your idols walking around and you're in this small space, you actually do not know what to say to them. Mm. Does that make sense? And once this is finished, the confidence in just saying, oh, you're right, Giggs, you're right, Bex, and, and then they have a chat with you, it just immense, you know, everything goes. I can imagine, especially at a club like Manchester United, I mean, you're talking some of the most famous people in mm. world football. Uh, a match that you were both on the pitch for, Famous match, I know it didn't go the way United, but kind of one of these iconic matches would be interested in your memories is Real Madrid, the night of the Ronaldo hat-trick you both played. Mm-hmm. There was, you mentioned it, there was a certain uh, 
Nutmeg. I mean, nutmeg, I mean yeah. he still has nightmares about it. We can have a little. Yeah, uh, so I believe. A little. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, there he is. We'll get another look. We'll get another look. Oh, there you go. There you go. He just made it a bit too easy, didn't he? Just made it a bit too. <laughs> I presume you didn't shout, Megs. I couldn't miss. Oh no, no, that'd be far too disrespectful. No, I just kept. Kept, kept it simple. <laughs> no, I'd, I would never do that. No, I'd never yeah. do that. So you're playing right back, you're playing left back against the Madrid team that has Figo, Zidane, McManaman in behind Ronaldo at the absolute peak of his powers. Mm. Horrible it was. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Well, I was sort of marking Zidane, but wasn't marking Zidane. Because <laughs> he sort of played just off the left. He drifted. Yeah, he was he never drifted. a left winger. And if you remember rightly, I come off the game thinking it was like I wasn't there and I didn't do anything wrong, but actually didn't do anything as well. Um, and when I did get tight, Roberto Carlos would be sprinting past him. It was, just, it was just a nightmare. It was like, didn't tackle him. I mean, I like to get tight and, you know, be a bit, little bit aggressive. And he was just, he was just flicking things off. And then I wouldn't do it one time and he'd get it and turn you know, through ball in and you just be going, it's just absolutely no point of this at all. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so clever. He, he, listen, him and Scholes to me are very similar, how clever they are. Yeah. And the way they make space and, and create space for other people was, was just, just quality. And I, do you know what, I've actually, it's funny you say this, I've actually looked back at, at, at old um, footage of him playing. He never gets tackled. So I thought, oh, I'm okay then. So, yeah. <laughs> not, not as bad as I thought, but he, he rarely got tackled, like as in a you know, really tough 50 50. He, didn't, he never got himself in them positions. John had Figo in his back pocket. Oh, he... Well, I don't, I don't know about that now. It's nice <laughs> when you just show that clip and you don't show the rest of the game. Um, but no, I think the, the thing for me was that night the manager spoke to us afterwards because I think it was me, Wes, Rio, and Mikel, the yeah. best. And he was like, obviously, we were all early 20s and he kind of said look that's the standard you have to get to um, if you want to be successful in Europe how you maintain it how you punish teams and uh, took, took us a few took us a few years yeah, but, um, but mo most of us kind of got to that level if you know what I mean and maintained that level in terms of well, it, the latter stages of the Champions League well, it's, it's funny we'll talk about 08 in due course that, that period 04, 05, 06 United were third, third, second in the league, and Mourinho was, you know, at his mm. peak and main man. Like, I vividly remember being at the Villarreal game the night United were knocked out of the group stages in 05, and there were sections of Old Trafford booing Ferguson. It was, it was like a real, and there were pieces in the paper, like, has Ferguson lost it? Like, there's a dip, and certain players, new signings were being criticized. So, be really curious, because we'll get on to the good times, but your memory of those few. Yeah, years. I think that the thing for me was when you mentioned certain players, and obviously the manager getting a bit of stick, made me realize whether it was, I think it was Giggsy maybe at some point, getting a little bit of stick, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh my God, like, if he's going to be getting stick, <laughs> what could happen to the rest of us, if you know what I mean? And that kind of. It made everyone kind of at different stage. The manager we knew was rebuilding squads or trying to tweak things and uh, regenerate a challenge because obviously Chelsea came in and was a proper a proper challenge, obviously. And I think it was one of them. He just made it, it the time Patrice and Nemanja came in mm. and we got the League Cup. It just gave everyone again, and, and I made the manager kind of double down on the, the chance of right the hunger and appetite to realise these trophies don't come round every year. 
the challenge that you have every year to, to, to get these trophies back is proper. So it kind of made everyone, again, kind of, I suppose, get that belief, get that intensity yeah, I, back. Yeah, 100%. And I always used to think, listen, we're good. We've, we've probably beat everybody except for this Chelsea team or, or Arsenal at the time. And I always remember thinking, listen, we're, we're like one or two players away from being great. So I would probably say, just like Shazy, I was in the 99 squad, like three different squads, mm. if you, you think of it like that. Yeah. Then that little period where we, you know, we were still winning trophies, but we, we weren't pushing on. You wouldn't have thought we're going to do that well in the Champions League. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But in the league, yeah, you can, we can maybe push for that. But then when we get to like 07, sort of 08, then you know, there's, there's, it's maybe time to to challenge for that again and then the, the, listen as the season goes on the more confidence you get you know the I call the special players that are producing whenever needed um, that's when you get that feeling again like we can we can probably do everything I think the big thing as well the games the 11v11s that we had in training that's when you really knew we were on song if you know what I mean when those games really started to kind of come to the boil and tempers were flaring the odd time. The manager, the manager knew he had everyone just kind of, just uh, t- cooking along nicely, so to speak, because mm. he knew then, right, th- these lads are hungry again. That type of appetite is there to, to be the best again. Hey, you spoke there about the criticism, say Ferguson was getting, Giggs was getting, you're wondering, what about me? Like, what? Uh, it eventually claimed from your own club captain after yeah. uh, with the MUTV interview and Roy Keane. I, I haven't heard you talk about it too often. Like you know, he singled out pretty much everyone who played that day in the four-one defeat. The, no, you're right. The best thing is if you go, go back and watch the game against Middlesbrough and just have your own highlights and think about Roy giving a commentary on it. <laughs> you'd, you'd get the kind of opinions he had. But it was at that time where you uh, obviously were struggling a bit in Europe as well and he was wanting to make a point. I think if the video had been played, I don't know what you think was. It wasn't even, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, you know that type of thing, but at the time, obviously the club and the, the, the management felt that, right, this was, this was just a step too far. Um, but it was something that I'd heard before, whether it be a, a couple of years before or two months before or two weeks before. Yeah. It, was, it was Roy wanting me to be better, mm. wanting the team to be better. And wanting to keep certain standards. From the outside, you would think if Roy had been 28 and in his absolute peak, there would have been a way to massage over it, I would think. Yeah, maybe. I'd be fairly certain. Maybe, but it's not something Keno would... He'd tell you that anyway in training. Do you know what I mean? Keno's just looking at the game like he would say, this, if you did that in training he was in his team, you know, that, that'd be it. He'd yeah. be on you. But that's what, that's what he did. That's, why, that's also what made you better better player I just think at the time like John said it was a lot of young lads there maybe for confidence reasons um, they didn't want to show it but yeah it was a if you ever watch it I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's had been it wasn't even that bad I mean uh, had, like, what vault seven of eight young lads they flew it to the moon whereas it's gone <laughs> the, the fallout from it obviously Keane's exit sends like absolute shockwaves through football and from the outside you're looking at these two totemic figures of united success warring parties Keane leaves and at the time, it is when Chelsea and Mourinho are coming and are becoming more and more dominant. Inside the dressing room, like, you're not a young player at that stage, but are you kind of looking around going, like, is, this, is this going to fall apart? Uh, I wouldn't have said fall apart, but you definitely knew. Uh, I think how the manager spoke to us the next couple of days in terms of um, basically saying, look, we've lost, I've lost my best captain, one of my best ever players. 
but Manchester United will always be bigger than one player. It was, it was basically a straightforward that yeah. on, the, on the training pitch. I kind of never forget it. And he said, we have to move on. The club has to move on. Mm. Let's get training type of thing. It was, it was surreal like to kind of just... Move on. Bang. Yeah. What, what, let's go. We're, we're moving on. A question very few people could answer. You're one of the very few. Was Roy happier around Carrington and at Manchester United than the Roy you would see in Dublin? Oh. Uh, well, I did, well, the, I was obviously only with him, say, the second time round, if you know what I mean. Sure. With the Irish team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would have said he was quite happy then in terms of uh, how he went about things. But yeah, a little bit. I won't say much more happier. Okay. Much more happier. But I, I think deep down, Roy loved coming to play for Ireland. You know what I mean? Growing up as a kid, that's what, it, what he wanted to do. So, um, no, I definitely think he, but he knew when he was in Manchester United that that was, he was after getting to the standard, he was one of the best players in the world and he was going to show why every day type of thing. So that's the kind of mentality he had. So that was definitely um, his manner, his, his patch, so to speak, but generally most places were. Yeah. Um, whereas we were just chatting pre-show and uh, it's something we might chat about a bit later on as well. The effect that Ferguson's had on the game versus Pep has been a debate over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so the word is Ferguson did very, very little on the training ground. What define very little? He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do the coaching. Yeah. But obviously the coaching, the coaching staff he got in knew exactly what he wanted. Um, and people always get mixed up with that. They always think so he didn't do anything. Listen, if you, if you weren't training right or if you weren't in the right position, he'd tell you, and you'd know about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, throughout the years, I mean, for me it was Kiddo, um, Steve McLaren, um, Jim, Jim Ryan for a bit, Jim for Mick a bit. Phelan, um, Carlos, Rennie Mullenstein. You know, yeah. we've always had, um, you know, a coaching to pretty much put on the day to day and tell us everything what we're doing. But the gaffer will be there 100% every day. So he was at every session? Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay. Basically telling you that's right or that's not right. But, you know, the gaffer didn't take many actual training sessions as in put them on and, and do them himself. He took, a he took a couple out in Dubai, do you remember? He took a couple in Dubai. He, took a, he tried to come in the box a few times, which yeah. was pretty funny. Well, uh, <laughs> you know the box, you know the circle game? I don't know if you've ever played a circle game. You'd sort of do it warming up. He'd lose the ball every time, but never go in. Never go in, yeah. It's like, he'd just look at you and go, go on then. <laughs> And when you, when you say there, the coaches he would bring in would respond to what he wanted. So, you know, you look at that period when Carlos Quiroz comes in and there's a move towards maybe bringing Varane and three in midfield. Do you think that was Ferguson's decision or was he listening to his assistants, his coaches and... What was the first bit, sorry? The... So, when you're talking about Ferguson and his assistants or his coaches who were implementing... No, what no, 100%. Pitch. Whatever the coach was doing was from the gaffer. Obviously, they all would have had a chat, mm. um, but, you know, 100% the last word would have been the gaffer. And that's what he wants you to do. I I'll give you an example, like... Probably a bit of it was Europe, wasn't it? Europe was a little bit different. I mean, in Europe, yeah. the gaffer was very... Listen, man management, the best you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but for instance, he knew exactly what was happening. And for instance, I would, for the semi-final in, in 08, it was my sort of job to mark Messi. Now, if you ever watched the first 30 seconds, don't ask me where I was, because I don't know. <laughs> um, that Old Trafford, sorry, the, the second-legged Old Trafford. 
but ultimately, you know, you're listening to the manager, he's telling you what, what's happening. Um, and pretty much all the players will understand that as well. Do you know okay. what I mean? So, like, you know, for instance, after the treble, which was, you know, 4-4-2, all about that wing play and York and Cole up front, and then Varane was bought and it was more three midfield and Van Nistelrooy. I always wondered, was Ferguson driving that or was Kiro saying this is the way it's going or what was your I think, sense? I think the options were there. You know, when you play European teams, they do play a little bit different. You know, they like packing the midfield a bit, taking control of the game. So at, at a certain point, you've got to, you know, you've got to counter that. You yeah. can't just go your old-fashioned ways. And if you, you know, if it's working, you could try it at the beginning, but we sometimes would change, yeah. you know, to try and take control of the game. To get back on track, so we were, we were touched on 05 there around the time Keane's exit. There is a, an amazing goal, an amazing goal. So the one just nutmegs that this man could do. He was chipping keepers. He was doing his thing. Mm. Now, it's overshadowed by a little kerfuffle in the tunnel, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, let's just uh, remind ourselves. It's a nice way to finish it. See the celebration? <laughs> no, we definitely don't. We definitely don't. It's funny. The cameraman. Here the cameraman. Go, here we go, here we go. Skulls. Look at this. He's got no shame behind. See the problem. The cameraman. The cameraman's in shock. finish. It was quite exquisite. But what about Gabriel Inks's part in this? Oh, big Wes Brown. Wes on the scene. Big bad Wesley. He didn't score. He didn't score that often. He was against <laughs> Arsenal. That is the most Irish man celebration there has ever been. <laughs> the problem, you're thinking, the problem you're thinking about giving the Canton a flick and then you realise, you know, no, like, the, the lads at home will hammer me if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was the cameraman. My arms were out. The cameraman was in total shock. He was like <laughs> panning in on my face and my arms were out like that. But um, <laughs> oh, I definitely, I got so... I, the amount of abuse I got for the celebration <laughs> and forgetting the goal. But uh, no, it was, def- it was a nice way to finish that game because uh, it was obviously iconic for, for <laughs> the reasons beforehand. We were never losing that game after that at the beginning. Yeah. Where are you two when that's kicking off? Just at the back. I was like, let's do this now. Yeah, the, <laughs> see, that, I, was, I was on the bench that night, but the best thing was about that is how clever Gary Neville was afterwards. Or, sorry, just before kickoff in the dressing room. Where he just happens to quietly mention, ah, Patrick Vieira's pinned me up inside the tunnel there, saying, saying I'm going to get it tonight. After, after kicking um, 
Reyes up in up in Old Trafford. I was it Reyes. I think yeah. Reyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. uh, so. so next thing, everyone's like, "What? What? What? You know what happened?" Of course, Roy was just <laughs> stone, stone silent, <laughs> stone silent. The brain just going into <laughs> into overdrive, thinking, "Right, here we go. Here we go." <laughs> Didn't say a word to any to anybody, and then walked walked out and did what he did. You know. Uh. Just it's like watching a different moment. sport. Like it is, yeah. I'd recommend when you go home tonight, sit down and watch those few games, the Pizzagate game, the in Van Nistelrooy's face game. I, it is 100 miles an hour, not yeah. a split second on the ball, and killings, yeah. and generally getting away with you know, it. When you watch them, there's not much quality there, even no, though no, there's no, so many good players on the pitch. It's just, boom, kick the ball, you kick him, he kicks it, you head yeah. that, you, it's, it's so good. It's amazing in 15 I years. I miss it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is amazing. You think football doesn't change, and then you watch a game from just 10, 12 years ago, mm. and it's, as Nathan says, different sport. Yeah. At different stages, the refs obviously, they were under a lot more pressure for those games as well, to just try and let it go as best they could because there was so much stop start and that almost gave the players a bit more of a license to go right. And first tackle, first 20 minutes you could do what you wanted basically. Yeah. And would you, how, how often did you see a player say, it's my first tackle? Yeah. <laughs> because if, oh, that means I can two foot anyone you want. But would you as a group around that time say, let's really give it to them, kick them? Yeah, I, I mean, I would apologise, but I would think that anyway, me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But I think you need to win. You, if you if you if you're doing, being realistic in them games, you need to win your battles. No, the gaffers used to speak about, you know, if I'm up against, it could have been Lundberg or whoever. You know, you have to win that battle. If you win that battle, you can't be you can't be more than two people maybe having an off day. Hmm. Yeah. And would would you have disliked that Arsenal team more than that Chelsea team at that time? Felt like there was extra something with the Arsenal team, but I don't know. I think possibly maybe the manager, the managers as well, possibly might yeah. have added a bit more spice to it. But obviously, Jose soon, soon, <laughs> soon caught up. Soon caught up. We got him back. So <laughs> the beginnings of the 2008 Champions League win start with a pre-season friendly against Sporting Lisbon. Oh. That's another special occasion. Can't, can't all be highlights, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that was an extreme highlight. <laughs> yeah, for the club. For the betterment yeah. of the club. That, that, that game, I don't know if it did go out on English TV. I can't remember what channel I watched it on. It definitely went out on Irish TV. I, I vividly remember watching. And did it? Yeah, you 100% did. So it went out live. It would have been MUTV now, unless I you don't had, know where you had a dodgy box back then. <laughs> <laughs> more concerned you had MUTV. <laughs> uh, so, what was your memory of playing Ronaldo that day? And did you know before kickoff that there's this teenager who's meant to be very good? We had a bit of a heads up. You heard he was good, but yeah. you don't really know what's going to happen. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of kids, a lot of enthusiasm, and then maybe they come up against a good team and it doesn't quite happen. but... It was a little bit different with Ronnie. <laughs> the fact just, the just before it kicked off, yeah, just before it kicked off, you could tell. I'm looking at him going, wow, this kid's wanting a bit of eye contact here. He's, he's ready to go type of thing, you know, and right from the off he was, like, right and, from the off. He, when you saw the eye contact, did you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to show him? Not really, no, because I, <laughs> I, I was absolutely jet-lagged. I going to say, you think, can I, order gaff I, I only hope the gaffer gives me 60 minutes. Yeah, just, I'm like, just a half a game, please, boss, because we'd obviously flown back from America, and I've never seen the, uh, the amount of senior players so delighted not to be picked for a game. It was, it was incredible. So they're all looking at me thinking, <laughs> Shazie's getting roasted there, it's great. <laughs> 
But look, uh, the, the best thing was afterwards, it was just simple because obviously, <laughs> obviously in a sense, I took it as a backhand of compliment. Ah, oh, Ronaldo's did that to Shazy, he must be even better than what we thought, you know? Yeah. But um, I think everyone just kind of said it afterwards, look. He was good. He was very good. That's, and then obviously the powers that be were like, right, we need to make this kind of happen now, you know? Yeah, and so that was Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney, that team. We have the 08 final here. Wes Brown with uh, the assist for the Ronaldo goal. We'll have a little look. Practice that every day. We did actually um, talk about this the Let's day go. of the game, if you remember. Neatly worked. Clipped it towards Ronaldo! It's a good header. Manchester United strike first! <laughs> the header made the cross, didn't it? <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo's first ever goal against Chelsea is his 42nd of this remarkable season. And the champions of England are closing in on the European title. SCN can't deal with him. Well, we've seen Brown already put the balls in the box before in that, got into an advanced position there. What time is Struck this? It in, left footed yeah, and Ronaldo coming in on the opposite flank and he got the jump on Essien and they found a floor. Big game, big moment, Cristiano Ronaldo. So listen, it was a little bit of a tactic. <laughs> um, you would have meant just quickly obviously I was on the bench that evening but the Wes is going to talk getting back to Sir Alex and tactics and plans and different things that's where little details of picking out players beforehand what scenarios will definitely happen in the game at some stage right and will you take advantage of it and but yeah for whatever I, I wouldn't reason I would say it was a prophecy but it wasn't wasn't far off yeah I mean SCM playing right back it's a no brainer not to get the ball in the box so before the game it was like listen SCM's playing right back any chance of getting it in the box, Ronnie will, you know, we win his fair, sh fair few, and, and that's pretty much how that went. In those intervening years between the Sporting Lisbon friendly and the scoring 42 goals and the Champions League final, like you watch back some of those Arsenal games of Ronaldo, and you know, he's still almost a, a joke figure in a way, and like there's the tricks, but he's going down a little bit easy. Yeah. Were there ever any moments during those first couple of years where you thought, actually, yes, he's got the skills, he's got the talent, but there's not the consistency, he's not going to get to the very next level. Oh, I don't. No, I don't think, I, me personally, I used to play against him every day, so yeah. personally I don't think so. At the beginning, you would say, listen, he'd, he'd get past the man and do that extra trick, come back, try and beat him again. But the focus that he had, and he'd, he'd learn along the way, you know, he doesn't need to do that. He can actually go in straight into the danger zone and you know, whether he's creating or shooting, he can do it, he can do it himself. And I think he, he pretty much worked it out within a season. Yeah. Was it, a se was it a season or two seasons in the summer he came back where he'd obviously decided to train and do weights every summer or every day? He'd pre uh, he come, he come with the old wings, you know, he had the wings. Like, oh, what's happened there? <coughs> but um, it was incredible. Yeah, there was a community, sh I think he, might, he took off his top and I think the oh, whole world was like... We were oh. like, oh, we had a good summer, but he, yeah. he took it to, <laughs> he took it to a different level. I'm pretty sure as well, he was the first one to get a mirror in his locker. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure. I know it's a normal thing nowadays, but I'm pretty sure he was. John O'Shea the second. Well, he's got to keep his hair going, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, Chasey's known for the comb. You know, he's got the old... Special comb, yes. Yeah, the boys give the me old grief. Comb. Still give me grief over it. <laughs>
Hanging on there, hanging on. Hanging on. Uh, magic, magic black brush. <laughs> that 08 team, a little bit underrated. They were so good. Yeah. Like everyone harks back to 99, but that 08 team is as good, surely. I always see it as, listen, you've, you've, to be in the best teams, you have to win everything. Okay. Um, that team was capable of that, but we, we just come unstuck in the FA Cup. Which, when people talk about the season, I think about the FA Cup. Right. You know, that's how... Who knocked you out oh, in that year? Portsmouth. Mm. Oh, I was... Yeah. Jeez. David James. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was they literally... Did they go on to win it, didn't they? Not that it makes it... They did, yeah. Yeah, they did. He pretty much had the best game of his life, I, I always tell him. Yeah. David James actually became my manager later on, which is a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was just... They're the sort of difference was in, you know, winning a treble. Yeah, yeah. This little game where you probably need a little bit of luck. Because I, I, they, that team probably also had the misfortune of Barcelona in those two Champions League yeah. finals. Maybe the greatest club side a lot of yeah. us have seen. So, I mean, I don't think either you were played in 11. Oh, 09, John, you played. You played yeah, yeah. in Rome, yeah. Ah, look. And if we win them games, what could have happened? Is that, it's just one game. Yeah. It's only one game. Yeah. But it, it just wasn't meant to be. They were very, very hard, I suspect, to plan for and stop, and they just kept the ball, and they were... So yeah, the, the, the manager, lots of players have spoken about it since, in terms of when we played them over the two legs, and then playing them in a final, a one-off game, how the manager wanted to approach a final. Um, and if you remember, I think back to both games, really, we started quite well in both games, the London and the Rome kind of final, in terms of how we were going to press them, how we were going to get at them. But uh, they just, look, they, they, they did have a, a superior couple of individuals as well at the time. Not just Messi, but Iniesta for me at the time was just, why, just as good. Why, why was he so good? Uh, his, mo his movement and his close control and the pass, the way to pass, the, the, com combine all that together. And obviously he had an eye for goal too, but you're putting that in the mix with uh, Henri, Etu, um, Xavi. Messi, Xavi, you know. <laughs> they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't bad players they weren't bad players so, but just it, it and I also think they, you know, when you beat them in the semi-final in a way it's like they always won now yeah you know, they had a bit a little more. bit of that the determination to to make sure they win this one um, which doesn't help because like I said if we were to you know play a little bit better because it's only a one-off game it's a final um, if we were to get a little bit of luck, maybe things could have been different, but then you would have been known as you know, one of the greatest teams. I think Fle Fletcher's like suspension, actually, in, for Rome, was a, was a blow at the time, real big blow that kind of goes under the radar a little bit that season because he'd been yeah. incredible for us, his energy in the midfield, and then obviously we had to, the manager had to rejig it around, but um, he, was, he was a top player that year for us, especially in Europe, Fletcher. I had, um, I think it's... Possibly because you could play in so many different positions. I had underestimated just how many games you played for Manchester United, John, year in, year out. I mean, you're routinely in the 30s in the league alone and Champions League. What was your mindset like when Alex Ferguson would say to you, say it's a Champions League final or a big game, you're not playing in that one? Were you, like, would you spit the dummy out, argue your case, <laughs> or what, what was your mindset? Depend, depending on how well I'd been playing or if I had been involved or in the team as such. Because um, you always, as I mentioned beforehand, you always got a feeling if the manager was going to really stay loyal um, or he knew, you knew if you were lacking a bit of fitness, 
um, why you would go for certain players, certain things. So, no, I, I was never. There were obviously frank conversations with the manager, but generally, once he had uttered the first sentence of "you're not playing" or "you're not," it, it was he didn't change his mind okay. too too often, um, if if ever. So you just had to kind of put your case across as best you could, but um, ultimately. Uh, I had to accept the decision, you know what I mean? But um, as, he, as he said to me the day I was kind of in the office when I was leaving, that he kind of, ah, you, you, you played plenty of big games, you, d- you did all right, you know, yeah. so... Oh, for uh, sure. It was, it was good. What do you think made Ferguson great? Uh, the simplicity um, of, of his man management, I think. The, to to, to kind of nurture each kind of squad, each team to get the feeling in the training ground of the staff and his staff, not just the playing staff, his, his coaching staff, his physios, his, the, whether it be the kit men, etc. Um, the kind of relationship he was able to build with them over the years. Obviously, look, he was there for so long, it was easier, that bit easier to cultivate it and have the power to do it. But um, that was, I think that was his biggest skill for me, just the, the simplicity of getting a group of players to perform to their maximum and keep them there and obviously encourage that uh, that healthy competition that he wasn't whether it was me leaving out of the team whether it was a top French international whether it was a top Dutch international whether it was a top Argentinian international whether it was a top English international he was able to kind of somehow balance it all and keep the mix going for as long as he did yeah the best example for me um, so this was a 99 season, um, 2000 season. I'm playing centre-back, and this is a true story. And I've got the ball, won the ball, run over the halfway line, trying to pass it. It opens up, run into a bit of space. You know, I sort of go to dummy pass it. All of a sudden, I'm at the edge of the box. I lay it off to Coley. Coley just misses. I was thinking, Jesus, Wes, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember after the game, the gaffer's like, Wes, well done. I think we won the game 5-1 or something. It was well done, well done today. But don't do that run ever again, son. You just get it and you pass it. You just do your job <laughs> and they'll do theirs. And the, it was so simple, you know. He, yeah. Even though it was good and I was thinking, what's going on? He just basically said, you just defend. You're good at defending. You do your job and let them, you pass it and just let them do what they're doing. The tr- so simple. Trust, the trust that he could gain as well, that he had gained and did gain. Um, for the, from the players was, was, was crucial too because like, yeah. if, if he'd lost that early and obviously different players at different stages he, he felt he had to kind of question them or challenge them to keep the group going um, but trust was a, was a big thing as well if you, that's why I had to go out on loan a few times he basically told me he said I don't trust you yet to play in the team so he had to go out and earn, earn his trust and wow. that was it it must have been a hell of a shock to the system then going to Sunderland and you go through so many managers so quickly. Jesus. What? Steve Bruce. You go from what? Bruce to O'Neill to oh. De Canio to Allardyce to Dick three, Advocate. Three, three months in, was it? Three yeah. months. I think I had eight. Eight. I, I, had, a, I, think I had 11. You probably had nine. Yeah, could have been 11, <laughs> including the caretakers. Wow. Um, yeah, look, it was... A, I'd always kind of say it's a bit of a fantasy world to the reality of real life football in terms of obviously the changing the manager changing the managers like you see at the minute it's kind of gone back to that yeah crazy cra- craziness again 
Um, so it was tough because you were building up a spirit, you were getting the ideas across from the manager, the coaches. Um, you were getting the managers new. I think that summer, Bruce, he'd got, ele- I think, 11 players in, 14 players out type of thing. So d- a decent turnover of a squad that had just just finished, I think they just finished 10th in the Premier League as well. That summer, we moved there. I should have done, we should have done a bit more digging because they jumped from 15th to 10th on the, the last game, game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> they, won, they won 4-1 on the last game of the season. Goal difference. There you go. And they jumped four places, but um, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy because then obviously you're, we were going in there as more senior players. Um, trying to really help everyone, get them kind of understanding of to to get a different mentality of not that it's okay to, to lose type of thing, but it was like, nah, this we'll be all right. They're not like, no, no, this this is not acceptable type of thing. Come on, we we can we can do better. But then there'll be a change of management. Transfer window comes round. Three or four new players in. Three or four out. Getting the spirit going again. Keeping all that going. It was. It was almost like the perfect ma- manual of what not to do. Yeah. It, it, it a, listen, it was a different challenge, but if I look back now, I loved it. You know, it, but in a different way. You know, we're used to. I mean, we could come second in the league, and you're not you're not going to have a good summer holidays. Exactly. You know, and I know other teams would be like accept that, and that's a good position. But at the time, you wouldn't do that. But you, you we had to realise that. Listen, it's a different challenge. This we've we've got. We're, this is the challenge is to stay in the league. It's as simple as that. Um, and it was hard, yeah. you know. The, it, Stressful, I'll bet. Oh, it's horrible! Yeah. It's horrible. You didn't, you didn't first, I it. remember the first interview I did. Um, I think it might have been for one of the local papers, or it might have been the local, the Sunderland website. And I said about, look, I know obviously we're not going to be challenging for the Premier League, but obviously why can't why why can't you win a trophy? You know what I mean? And I was, I was deadly serious in terms of, obviously it was going to be a cup competition, simple as that. Yeah. Um, and we, 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 we gave it a good go. We gave it a good go with the League Cup run we had, um, losing to Man City in the final. But we obviously beat, beat United along the way, beat Chelsea along the way. So we, well, that was under and I remember, August, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I remember August having five or six games in hand and everyone's going, yeah, you got five or six games in hand. And I was thinking, oh God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know where a win's going to come from. Uh, so that's why, when, you know, when you're looking at the Prem now and they're all fighting, honestly, it's it just who handles it best. And yeah. that is it. Mm. Who can, for that one day, step up, forget about all the noise and, and perform? I remember when Decanio went in. That was the first time I remember uh, I'm banning ketchup headline. Now, it feels like not a season has gone by since that some manager somewhere hasn't banned ketchup. Yeah. But he was the first who said yeah, no ketchup. ketchup. Mouthwash. Mouthwash. Yeah. He had a he had a special doctor, didn't he? He had a, yeah. he had a guru. Yeah. Doctor. A special doctor. Um and if if I I didn't get the pleasure of going out to Italy to visit him. I did, he was did. very good. <laughs> but he actually knew everything about me without me, unless he's done some really big digging. Um, <laughs> he got everything right, so I was a bit shocked, so No, it was good. He he obviously used him himself during his career. And to be fair to Paolo, he probably at that time could have still played, couldn't he? Yeah. He, he wasn't far off. Mm. And he, he always used to remind the strikers of that as well, which didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't help their confidence in the finishing when he joined in because he was unbelievable. Um, but no, he, 
His detail and preparation for a oh, game were incredible. Pre-season, he did not stop running. Yeah. It was, it was horrible. But he said, we're going to get you the fittest you've ever been type of thing, but his actual detail of the la those last eight games and the preparation we had, like everyone knew, if you were a sub as well, before, or one of the younger lads came on, I remember Bale scored, um, we'd, we'd stayed up, but it was the last game of the season, away at, uh, away at Spurs, and he'd, we'd done all the tactics on Tottenham Bale, obviously keep him on his right foot, don't let, and this poor young lad came on, I can't think of his name now, but he just let Bale literally for a half a yard step in on his left foot, I think they beat us 1-0, 1-0 or 2-1. Um, but the, he was like fuming afterwards. And we'd, we'd stayed up yeah. obviously as well, it should have been a bit more, but he was like, these were the details. And his little, um, his little folders after a game, he'd do a review and it, you'd, you'd come into the team meeting and you'd literally know who was going to, who was going to be picked on in terms of, because whoever's assistant was at the time would leave the laptop open and the screen would be on and the, fold, the folder would be in the corner. So it could be Brown, O'Shea, or, you know, uh, Wickham, whatever player was going to be getting it that day, you knew. So he had, uh, he had some interesting ideas. I think if he had been a bit calmer in his um, approach at different stages, he would have been really good. In t and it's, it's as simple as he, he stopped. He stopped us shaking hands with one of the stewards at the stadium on a match day. Walking in, a man who'd worked there all his life. He he's kind of said, "No, this is this will distract the players. You know, you're not to shake shake their hand." And you're kind of like, "Oh, I don't know." Okay. I, I do remember once. <laughs> so me and a few of the lads, we found a picture of Shazy playing against Di Canio. Oh obviously. yeah. So we photocopied fifty. <laughs> Stuck him all around the training ground. He wasn't too happy. I can tell you. True story. He actually, I think he actually said, um, who, "Who did this?" And I, I sort of went. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't say anything. He didn't say much to me and Shady. Sort of. It's weird when you get to a senior level. You need your sort of senior players on your side. And it was only a joke. But I don't think he took it as a joke. Like, okay. No. Geez, appearances can be deceptive. I would not have thought he'd be detail-oriented at all. I thought he'd just be passion and do your thing. No, he, he had that as well, but it was, I think it was that time when he'd learned his, when he's got his pro license from the Italian FA. Um, yeah, I think Conte would have been quite similar in terms yeah. of the approach. You're, you're, you're doing training unopposed. It's just he's got basically mannequins put out on the pitch and you're doubled up 20 players in four centre-backs, whatever, four midfielders, all kind of shadowing each other. He'd blow the whistle. If the ball's here, where should you be? Blow the whistle, boom, off you go. Okay. So there was, it, it took a while to get used to, but you definitely knew beforehand where you should be, what you should be doing, and that type of thing. So Interesting. The, the detail was, uh, was very good. Do you two see each other much now as a final question? Your whole career is together? Yeah, I mean, he's um, got a job every day now, so we don't see him all the time. But we're still in a group chat. Yeah. Oh yeah, who's in the group chat? Oh, oh, oh Shazy, go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there's a mixture, a good mixture, isn't there? There is a mixture, isn't there? Mm. Good mixture. You still want to know, don't you? I yeah. know oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And where's were you interested in coaching? No, I mean, I actually. I try, I'm to. trying. I'm trying to. Oh, yeah. It's find funny. A few, I won't say who, but a few, a few people have asked me to come in, maybe and. Um, you know, do a little bit and see, see if you like it or not, but I've not really gone down that sort of road. I think you have to be really dedicated to it. 
Um, and it's something, you know, you want to eat, sleep, drink. And yeah. At this moment, it's not really like that, so. Very good. You two are staying with us, and we're going to bring uh, Graeme back on, but can we give a round of applause? That was great. <laughs> Where's Graeme? John O'Shea, everyone.